Great news, everyone. Jesus is alive and well. This is Glenn Raglan Educational and Transformational Ministries. Great ministries. Welcome to this week's podcast. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for those who have tuned in to this week's podcast. We continue to lift up our churches across the nation. We pray for the complete elimination of gun violence in America. We pray that your word will go forward. It will not return empty. It will accomplish what you sent it to do. In the name of the Son of Mary, Jesus Christ, amen. We continue our study of Ephesians, and this week, let's look at chapter 4, starting with verses 1 through 6. It reads, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. My friends, as a young boy, I lived in central Kentucky, which is home of the Kentucky Wildcats. Our elementary school's colors were the same colors as Kentucky, blue and white. And when I put on that basketball uniform, I didn't think I was a Midway Blue Jay. I thought I was a Kentucky Wildcat. And I acted like I had championship DNA. In the first three chapters of Ephesians, Paul reminds the church of their DNA. They were children in the family of God. Now in chapter 4, Paul encourages them to act like they were a child of God. Folks, if we don't know how to act, if we haven't been trained, if we don't have godly mentors, we will not know how to act. We have been called to live like we belong to Jesus not the world. We have gotten cozy with the world, trying to befriend them, to get them to come to Christ, but the world has influenced the church instead of the other way around. The Southern Baptists recently released a 205-page list of 700 sex offenders who were pastors and lay staff. Do you think they walked worthy of the calling that they had on their lives? How about the priests in the Catholic Church? While these two denominations have publicly brought to light the abuses, other denominations continue to hide the problem. Paul encourages us to act like who we have become. Paul was in prison preaching for Jesus. The clergy that I mentioned will be in prison for not preaching Jesus. Paul gave up his freedom to follow Jesus, and Paul is calling on us to do the same. Paul calls on us to have these character traits to be a follower of Jesus. The first three traits are found in verse 2. Humility means that you have value to God, but you do not value yourself above others. Are you willing to serve God by serving others? The second trait is gentleness or meekness, and it means power under control. Many people make the mistake of looking at meekness as weakness. When we understand that our power is under God's control, then we are meek. The third trait is long-suffering, or patience, and it realizes that we are on God's timetable, not on our own. It takes patience to learn to be patient. Mature people have the characteristic of patience. 
Noah patiently built the ark for 100 years. He worked until the rains came. We must be patient and wait for God to act when he is ready, not when we think we are ready. The next set of traits starts with forbearance or bearing with one another in love. It is the willingness to put up with something or someone in the spirit of love. My brothers and sisters in Christ, I confess that I struggle with this trait. I know that God is willing to put up with me, but I have a difficult time loving some people. So I love them from a distance, which is not biblical. But that is my battle. Verse 3 continues with the results of these character traits. Unity. Paul would spend the next 13 verses discussing unity. The unity of the Spirit can only happen through the Holy Spirit. When we allow the Holy Spirit to take charge, we have the peace of Christ. The work of Jesus on the cross brought peace between God and mankind for those who accept the peace. In verses 4 and 5, Paul presents a series of ones. The church is one body, that is, the body of Jesus Christ. As a body, we obey one spirit. Folks, it's time to wake up. The Holy Spirit is not going to direct 4,200 different religions in the world and still claim unity. And he certainly isn't going to bring them all together under one universal church. So for now, we have 4,200 slightly different opinions and interpretations of Scripture. There is one hope, and that is the resurrection of Jesus. And since he was resurrected, then we will be resurrected as well. That is what we are looking forward to, and that is our hope. We have one Lord, and that refers to Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church. We have one faith, not referring to the 4,200 faiths, but the faith that proclaims Jesus is Lord. There is one baptism, which is the one in which the Savior set as an example, full immersion. Baptism is a believer's sign to the world that they are a follower of Jesus Christ. Verse 6 brings us to the beginning, and that is, there is one God in the universe. These traits of unity are an absolute must, otherwise there is no unity. Now let's look at verses 7 through 10 of Ephesians chapter 4. It says, But each one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended. What does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended for above all the heavens, that he might feel all things. My brothers and sisters in Christ, how are we to be unified? We are each given individual spiritual gifts through the grace of Jesus Christ. These gifts are not equally divided, but your gift is for you. Your gift is to be used by the body of Christ, which is the church. In verses 8 through 10, Paul uses Psalm 68 as a scriptural proof that to the victor, Go the spoils. In other words, Jesus' victory over sin and death meant that he could give spiritual gifts to whomever he pleased. In Psalm 68, the background is when the victorious king would come home from war, he would bring all the captured treasure from the beaten opponent. He would also parade those who had been captured in front of the people. Finally, he would free his own men who had been captured 
and have them in the parade as well. So Paul says that Jesus, as the victorious king, has the right to give treasure, in this case, the spiritual gifts, and he has released those who are captured and bound by sin. As the victorious king, Jesus has the right to give as much or as little in spiritual gifts. Verses 9 and 10 can be taken one of three ways. Number one, the one who ascended on high also descended into Hades. Number two, the one who ascended is the one who earlier descended to incarnation and humiliation on the cross. And number three, the one who ascended also redescended in the spirit to bring his gifts to humankind. In my view, the second option fits best. As Christ descended to earth at his incarnation and ascended to heaven after his resurrection, Jesus as the victorious king fills the entire universe with his spiritual gifts. We continue in Ephesians 4 and look at verses 11 through 16. And it reads, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of man, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but, speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes the growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. My Christian friends, verse 11 contains Christ's gifts to the Christian. The gifts are gifted people. Paul established the foundation of the church in earlier verses when he mentions apostles, those who walk with Christ, and those who were appointed by him, including Paul. Other apostles include James, the brother of Jesus, Barnabas, Antonicus, Junius, Silas, Timothy, and Apollos. New Testament prophets provided edification or the uplifting of the church. They also provided exhortation or conveying advice to the church, and they provided comfort. Evangelists spread the gospel. Pastors and teachers are linked together as they are one person with two jobs. They pastor the congregation that is settled in one place, like my friend Pastor Joshua in Kenya, and he also teaches his congregation. The purpose of these gifted persons is to equip other believers for the ministry. My Christian friends, you have not been called to sit back, relax, and wait for Jesus to return. You have gifts that are to be used in kingdom building. You may have the ability to reach someone that the pastor cannot reach. When you use your gifts, and I use my gifts, and others use their gifts, we all enjoy the unity of the body of Christ. We become spiritually mature, and we become more like Christ. Folks, when you remain an immature Christian, you can be tricked by false doctrine. When you read, study, and meditate on the Word daily, you cannot stay a baby Christian very long. The body of Christ, the church, can grow when its members grow. 
each one of us has a part to play. Next week, we will conclude chapter 4 when we talk about the new man in verses 17 through 32. I hope you'll come back and join us next week. If you don't feel that you've been walking worthy of your calling, ask Jesus for forgiveness and start fresh. If you haven't accepted your calling and you feel the Holy Spirit calling on your life, pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, I feel your Holy Spirit calling me and I want to give my life to you. Teach me how to walk worthy of the way that you would have me to walk. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your victory on the cross, and I await the spiritual gifts that you have for me. In the name of the atoning sacrifice, Jesus Christ, amen. I continue to encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church. Send your prayer request, as well as your praise reports, to our email address, which is hello at greatministries.org. Please continue to pray for Great Ministries and share us with your friends, your family, your loved ones, and the unsaved. Stay safe, be blessed, and have a great week.